0: If you're looking for great Christian content, we want to encourage you to check out peachtreepress.org. Peachtree Press LLC offers digital products, journals, books, Bible study guides, sermon outlines, Christian blogs, and church notebooks for children and adults. Some products are also available as print on demand. Peachtree Press is a sponsor of this program and a partner in offering authentic Christian content. For more information, check out peachtreepress.org. Welcome back, rappers, to our fifth season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, please click that subscribe button. Follow us for authentic and encouraging Christian content. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok, or check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. You'll find blogs, sermons, study guides, podcast links, and lots of free stuff. We hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. Uh, If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open up to the book of Amos. In the Old Testament, if you just go to the uh, break between the old and new and turn left, it's not far there. uh, The book of Amos. In the last few weeks, we have spent time talking about having much more unity. Each month we're focusing on a different aspect of things we can do better, and we've talked about the necessity of being united. Today I want to talk about being able to walk in agreement. So our text is Amos 3 and verse 3. In the text, Amos says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? What does it mean to be able to walk in agreement? What does it mean to be able to be in step with someone else? Well, the only way I can describe it is the way that I learned how to walk in step. Those dads out here that have taken their boys hunting will surely be able to relate to this story. When we were uh, early on in our years, we were taught if you don't hunt, you don't get meat, you don't get meat, you don't eat. So we had to always hunt every time the season came around. And my dad would always take us to places that we knew, we were familiar with. Sometimes he would drop us off at a tree stand or or maybe he would drop us off at a fort. There's one, my favorite place to hunt was at the fort. maybe a tree stand that is a natural tree stand where maybe there's just one board to get up. And so we had our special places that we would go, but we would leave early in the morning and we were always in our stand before the sun came up. And so we had to get there very quietly. And as we got older, I learned the importance of getting to the stand quietly. And then in the afternoon hunt, we would walk along the tree line together through the leaves. And my dad would always tell us, when I walk, you walk. So when I take a step, you take a step. And so uh, whenever the wind was blowing, if it got a little loud in the trees, that's when we would step. And even though we may be 10, 15, 20 feet apart, maybe even 20 yards apart, we always try to take steps in the right direction, and at the same time, putting your foot down on those leaves, because you're going to crunch some limbs and acorns and anything else out there, maybe pine cones, and so you have to make sure that you step at just the same time as my dad and my brother if we were hunting together, and that was so frustrating for me because I have long legs, I'm a tall guy. In fact, if you've seen the picture of, I, I had on, uh, on my Facebook page for my dad's birthday just a couple days ago, I am a foot taller than him, and I'm a foot taller than my brother, and I was more than that for my mom. I still think there was a baby mix-up, but it's all right. At least this way I get to be connected to Burt Reynolds, right? So anyways, the idea is that when you take a step you step at the same time and because my legs are longer i had to try to make sure that my foot went down at the exact same time as my father's foot and my brother's foot. And they didn't always complain because you couldn't yell at each other. You ever been in that situation? I know you have as a parent when you, you, oh, you can't say it, but the look. It's the look that you give them. And I mean if looks could kill. And so my dad, he, he always had a mustache or a beard, and that face would kind of frinkle up a little bit. And I knew I knew I had not stepped at the exact time he had. But I learned how to walk in sync with the other hunters to make sure that we would not make noise going in to start the hunt. Because if you end up running a deer off the very beginning, probably your your hunt is over. And so uh, when I think about that from time to time, I think about how important it was for all three of us to know what we were doing. Maybe if you were a kid, you ever do a sack race where you have the three-legged race and you take and another person is connected to you, and if you don't both step at the same time, one or both of you are going to end up on the ground. Uh, we were talking about this, missing. and I were talking about this this week, is what is it like to have to walk in that three-legged race? Well, it is difficult. You have to be in sync. And I think that there are ways that we, as Christians, can be in sync with God, and we can be in sync with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We ought to know where the next step is going to be taken. What is going to happen next? There ought to be an action-reaction, a cause and effect. We ought to know what we need to do next. Now, the only way we can do that really is to learn how to walk right. So I'll share with you three things this morning that I think will help us as we walk together. Very simple. First, we're going to talk about finding common ground. Second, we're gonna talk about how we watch our step, where we go, what we do. And finally, we're gonna talk about what we can do to make sure that we reach the right destination. So let's dig in here and think. The first thing I want us to notice that if we're gonna walk together, we gotta start in the same place. We've got to find common ground where we are walking. We have opportunities to fellowship with the saints a couple times a week. We come in here, we have Bible class, and we have worship, and we do class again tonight. We'll be doing leadership classes for the men and women. We also have Wednesday night Bible studies and Wednesday morning Bible studies. There are plenty of opportunities for us to get in sync with one another, to be able to make sure that we are literally on the same page. The question asked in Amos is how can we walk together unless we agree where we're headed, unless we agree on where to start. And I believe the best place for us to start as Christians is in Acts chapter 2. Peter was given the keys of the kingdom. Matthew 16 tells the story. He makes the great confession that he believes Jesus is the Christ while others thought it. He was the first to verbalize it. He makes that confession. Jesus says to him, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And when Peter gets the opportunity to preach on Pentecost in Acts 2, he is basically relaying the things Jesus has taught them for the last three and a half years. He is using prophecy, like for instance, Joel 2's prophecy, to say this is how you know that the church has come, the kingdom has come. And so as we look through Acts 2, we see patterns. It's very clear that they had a pattern for worship, even from, we would say, the first Sunday. The first time they met together, they began to to say, Jesus said we needed to do this, and Jesus said we needed to do that. Now, what it says in verse 42 is they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That tells me they were in step with the apostles'. And so if they're in step with the apostles, they're making sure they're starting on common ground, and that is a foundation based upon the Word of God and the testimony of the witnesses that had seen and could declare that Jesus is the Christ. And so as they begin to, to create these, uh, these forms, these patterns of worship, they set forth a pattern that will carry on through the rest of the book of Acts we see that they began to take bread, and they break bread together, communion, based on the experience they had with Jesus in Matthew chapter 26. And Paul relays a little bit more of it in 1 Corinthians 11. And these teachings of Jesus saying, you need to commune around the table. And they would talk about going together to break bread. That was one of the main reasons they wanted to be together on Sunday. And so this pattern sets forth. They, they break bread, they sing songs together. And what we're seeing is this pattern emerging of, a, of a, a biblical pattern for worship and what we are to do today if we want to be like that New Testament church. Now, we also can see other things, like, for instance, Ephesians chapter 1, when it talks about all the unity they needed, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And there we have the pattern established, which Paul's talked about in Romans 6, Uh, Peter was preaching it as early as Acts 2.38. And so we see this pattern now coming not just on worship, but also on salvation, on means, uh, the steps, if you will, that are necessary to be saved. And the patterns that are laid out for us in Scripture, if we want to walk with Jesus, if we want to walk in sync with God, we've got to see the pattern. We've got to look into the Word of God and say, what did the early church do? What can we do to be saved? What does the Bible say they did in order to be saved? And so that pattern emerges, we begin to read it, we begin to study it, and we say, "With well, to the best of our ability, we're going to follow it. We can find common ground. Now, second part is we need to watch our step. Watch where you're going. We had anticipated here over the next few weeks to go out into the trees. We have about three acres up here on in, uh, in East Tree, And uh, we, we wanted to get out into the trees and look around. In fact, I usually go out and find if there's any trees that have fallen, try to move those as best as I can, and also just see if there's critters back there or if we have some messes we need to clean up. And uh, we missed our window, apparently. You know, it was it was winter for about a week. Um week and a half and now we're back to the warm weather somewhat again and uh, I thought well we and we even talked about going out this last weekend so we're going to go out and we're going to we're going to kind of look around and see what has happened through the winter and uh, we got ready to go and I was on Facebook and I saw somebody post that they had had a, a, a cotton mouth in their yard and I thought no this is not it's not it's too early for that you know and uh, so we got to talking about it, and, and one of the two of us decided it was probably not a good time to go out if there were snakes. So we didn't do it, but we will. We will. We're going to try to find some really good boots to get out there. But we think about where we're stepping. You don't want to step on a snake. You certainly don't want to upset a, a critter. I remember when I was younger, I had to feed uh, horses and, and bulls. That We had friends that would go out of town. They'd say, hey, would you go feed the animals? And uh, I remember one time as a young kid, I thought, well, I just get in the pen and feed the bull. You know, I mean, we've been around bulls. I knew my grandpa's bulls, they were a little testy, but they didn't charge me. And so I thought, well, I'm going to get inside the gate and I'm going to put the food down and I'm going to, oh, no, he's after me. (laughs) And so I jump up and get out. I crawled over that fence about a half a second before a horn hit me in the rear end. And I think about that frequently is that I I thought I could do a little bit better. I thought I could try a little harder. I thought that I could get in there and do something. But you've got to make sure you don't step somewhere where there's danger. You've got to make sure that where you're going is the right destination. We'll get to that in just a minute. When Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, I want you to notice a pattern that emerges also there with men who claimed to know the Bible but didn't practice it. They claimed to be these educated, godly men that knew the patterns of God, and yet they missed Jesus. With 333 prophecies, you can't tell me it was an accident. No doubt they saw the connections. They saw some of the things about Jesus' life, and they began to question, what if he is the one? Well, we'll know if he runs the Romans out. That's what they really wanted. And so uh, many times Jesus will have to address the Pharisees, and he'll have to say, you know, if you have ears, you need to listen. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's one of Jesus' favorite phrases. In fact, every letter he writes in Revelation, he says it to the seven churches. And so we begin to say, okay, well, if I want to take the right steps, I started in the right place, pretty sure I'm getting to the right destination, but what about each step along the way? What can keep me from danger? Jesus would tell the Pharisees that they had missed the mark because they forgot that what God really wanted, Micah 6 and verse 8, is not the the. the Sacrifices daily. It wasn't about those three feast days. Did he command it? Yes. Did he want it? Absolutely. But Jesus says you're missing the point. God desires mercy, not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Now, why would Jesus say that to the religious elite of his day? Because their focus was on the pattern. Their focus was on doing all the right things, but they did it with completely the wrong attitude. Their heart was not in the right place. And so if we want to take the steps towards eternity, and we want to take as many people with us as we can, we want to be united as a church, we want to be focused on the things that are important, passionate about the things that God wants us to be, then each step can either take us in the right direction or the wrong direction. And Micah says what God really wants is He wants us to know Him. He wants us to know God. wants us to know God and know more about the way and the will of God, which includes being merciful. Now, Jesus teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount that if we want mercy, we have to extend mercy. If we want to be able to receive something, it's part of the golden rule, Matthew 7, 12. If we want something, then we have to be willing to give it first. So the psalmist says that we need to walk In the way of the Lord, the Lord, the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. We find the right direction by using the right kinds of tools. If you've ever been out at night and had to walk, usually now we'll use our phone. You know, we'll open our phone and turn the light on and walk around. Maybe you take a flashlight or two. There's nothing more frustrating than having the power go out and you find the flashlight, but the batteries are dead. And you start thinking, how am I going to be able to see Around the house, well, the great thing God has done for us is in the world we live in, we never have to worry about where we're supposed to go or what we're supposed to do because he's left us the standard. He's given us us the basics of what we can do to live a godly life. And then for those of us who want to dig deeper, the more that we study, the more that we grow, the better equipped we are to be a light to the world. I think about sometimes Proverbs 3 and verses 5 through 6. I think about uh, what it means to really walk in the will of God, to be able to see the desires of God and say, I want to make that part of my walk. I want to go the places Jesus went. I want to say the things that Jesus did. I want to do the things that God would have me to do, and the pattern has already been set forth in front of me. We walk by faith and not by sight. Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5, this differencing pa- different patterns between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And there's an obvious choice that as a Christian we ought to take. We choose the way of righteousness. We choose the way of good. And so we look at the qualities of the fruit of the Spirit and we say, that's what I want. But those, a lot of those qualities are very similar to other qualities that people that are non-Christians could have. But as we go through all of the list of the fruit of the Spirit, I remind you the last one is about self-control. And that is being able to center on the fact that sometimes my way is not always the best way, and sometimes I've got to tell myself no in order to tell God yes. You see, when I decided to follow a Christ, I didn't give Him my hand. Okay, I didn't. I wasn't baptized hand only. Okay, I, I did not give God just my head. I didn't baptize my head only or a foot or two feet. We go all in. Y'all with me, church? We're all in. We go down into that water, and we come up out, and the Lord needs, He deserves all of you. All of you, you're a living sacrifice. And so when I come up out of that water, I'm a new creature, and I owe the new life I have to only my Lord. And His blood has cleansed me and made me whole, has helped me in my walk. He's given me the Holy Spirit. He's been able to give us the strength and the guidance we have from the Word of God and from fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And so in a moment, I want to I close with 1 John 1 because I do think that there's a lot that can be seen there that applies to all three of these steps. But let's go to the third one. Number three, we can watch our step, make sure we're headed in the right direction, but we have to get to that final destination. Jesus uses the illustration in Matthew 7 that there's a broad road and there's a narrow road. One of those, everybody wants to go down that road. It's the popular one. But then he talks about the narrow path and he says, this is the path that leads to the right destination. And some of us we're on the right path. Some of us, we have taken the steps and we have done the things that God has required us to do. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. In fact, it's going to be more difficult for us as Christians. We don't doubt God who put us on the path. We don't doubt the Word of God that tells us you're going to have trials and struggles and you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to learn to lay your burdens down. The Bible teaches us what we're supposed to do. We don't doubt eternal life. We know that there is a heaven and there is a hell and we know where we want to spend our eternity. So why would we doubt all the steps along the way? I have to realize that if I'm walking by faith and not by sight, I'm headed towards a path that I didn't pick. And Proverbs talks about a way that seems right into man, and the end is death, and there are times that we think we have the best possible solution, but if I'm getting to a destination, I have to follow the right directions step by step, start off in the right place, and end in the right place. You ever gotten bad directions before? Somebody tell you, well, you'd go here, and you turn there, and I've had people call me or text me later and said, I thought you said it was at the first left. I said, well, I meant the, your other left. Um... Sometimes we get mixed up on the directions we're supposed to go. You ever messed up on the directions making a recipe? A little more, a little too much, a little less of something, and it doesn't turn out the way it's expected. But I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, not by my words, but by the words and the promise of our Lord, that if you follow His pattern and you take steps where He tells you to step, you will reach the destination You will reach heaven. It's very easy. Jesus tells His disciples that their goal is not to just walk this walk, but to bring others along with them. When He gives the Great Commission, He tells them that they need to go out. They need to make disciples. They need to go out and preach the gospel to every creature. Other people need to know about this road of safety. Some time ago, we were out on the interstate. We were making our way back home. And it was very quickly, it came up on our GPS that there was a faster route going completely in the wrong direction. But it said, you need to go this route. We drove a little further, said, well, maybe we'll be able to get through it. And we get up to the overpass and we see traffic line for miles. Well, we get off at that exit. And it was much longer but we made it faster. How's that possible? Because there were certain things in the way. There were certain things that were dangerous. And you can't go out and immediately put up signs and say, don't take this road, we've had a hazardous spill, or there's been some kind of a terrible accident, and they're having to deal with the scene. We don't always get those kinds of warnings ahead of time. When we talk about being a Christian, we already know of the dangers in this world because we've already lived it. And we made a decision that the life we were living, the things that we were doing, the way we were acting was not going to get us to the right destination. So we had to make a detour from what we wanted to talk about what we needed. And there are friends and family members in our own lives that are on the wrong road they're taking the wrong steps. So Jesus says, I need you to be my disciples, and I need you to go out, and I need you to preach. I need you to tell people that there is a better way, and this way will get them ultimately to where they want to be. And that, of course, is heaven as example. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, he says in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the, the entrance you need the the opportunity to get to the destination you want to go only comes through Christ Jesus. In Revelation two and verse ten, Jesus spoke to the church and said, Be faithful until death, and I will give you a crown of life. The steps are important to get to the right destination. And boy, when we read up Revelation twenty-one and we think about what it means to be in a place where there's no crying and no death and no sorrow. We often envy people because of they've gotten out of this fight, they've stopped having to travel this road, and they've, re- they've received their reward. A lot of good people that we know have passed away in the last few weeks, and it's so hard to lose people that we love, but ultimately we know if they're a child of God, we know where they're going to spend eternity. And we can tell that by the steps they took while they were here. We can tell by where they went, their feet went, what their mouth said, that they have been given full control. Give full control to God of yourself. So what does it mean to walk in agreement? It means you've got to start in the right place, find common ground, watch your step, And only then will you reach the right destination. Now I want to close with 1 John chapter 1 and verses 5 through 7, because what John does is he puts all of this into a very interesting perspective when he begins to comparing the differences between light and dark and where we walk. He says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. says, if we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness... We lie and don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. John says, I received a statement from the Lord. I have received the message from God. I watched Jesus come into this world. I watched him make certain decisions. And I watched him die on the cross. And John could say that because he was there. And he says, I've received this message that we've got to walk in those steps. And that means walking in the light. We cannot flirt with darkness, church. We can't live a life of wickedness and unrighteousness and expect to get to the final destination. But let me tell you this morning great news, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse all sin. And so if you make the decision, I want to be a child of God, I want to get to heaven, I don't want to spend an eternity in hell, I want to go and spend my eternity with loved ones and with with no sorrow and sadness or sickness or crying, I want to go to that place. Well, if we believe Jesus is the Son of God, we've already got ourselves on the right path. Jesus told his disciples they had to believe. If you don't believe, you'll die in your sins. And then as, the, as we begin to state that we believe Jesus is the Christ, we've got we to be willing to uh, do that with our whole life. So we say, I'm going to repent. I don't want to do the things I used to do. I want to change. I want to walk in the light. I don't want to be in the darkness anymore. And based upon our belief and our repentance and our confession, we then decide to be baptized into Christ and have all our sins washed away. And it is by the cleansing of the blood, We go back to Romans 6 for just a moment. By the cleansing of the blood and the joining in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, only then can we raise up to walk that new life. And if you haven't taken those steps... I I hate to tell you, but that destination is not where you're going to spend eternity. We have to do what God has commanded us to do. It's not what Ray Reynolds says, it's what the Bible teaches concerning salvation. So if you need to do that this morning, we want to encourage you to put on Christ in baptism and leave here today knowing where you will spend eternity, that you're in the right direction. And if you have stumbled, and some of us do, and you have taken the wrong steps, rather than running back to the start, the great thing is God meets you where you are that all you have to do is confess, confess sin and say, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to get back where I started. And God will meet you right where you are as he ran to meet the prodigal son. Remember the father on the road. So today, if you need to repent of something and we can help you, if you need prayer and we can help you in some way, let's walk together through it. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Ray Reynolds Wrap Podcast. Be sure to like and follow and subscribe to our social media pages. You can find channels and links on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok pages. Check out our website at rayreynoldswrap.com. Also, if you'd like to contribute to the show, if you want to send some prayer requests or suggestions about upcoming content, please email us at rayrennoldswrap at gmail.com. Hope you have a wonderful day as you seek to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus.